Well, I was talking this morning about, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. Amen. And I was talking this morning about our ministry. And uh, you didn't see his picture, but uh, you saw his wife in the video. She was the one singing and leading. And her husband, Guillermo, uh, was our, the guy and the lady, the family that leads our ministry in Costa Rica still to this day. And when I got to Costa Rica, I was 24 years old when we moved to Costa Rica to start uh, our missions work. So I was a young buck. Amen. 24. That, that's how old you are, right, Matt? Anybody else 24? You guys are close. Not anymore. Nicole just left that. Paul's 24. Amen. Kendra, close. All right. I'm not, I said I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit, not faith. <laughs> Amen. Well, we were 24, and uh, we met this couple, and uh, I think that they had known my wife's family for a while, and so uh, we just happened to meet at his, his, my father-in-law's restaurant one day, and we were just getting started, and and uh, I was sharing what we were going to do in Costa Rica. It's kind of like similar to what happened with Paul Garza here, where we met and he was just a major instrument in helping us start the ministry down there. Just like Paul Garza, for those that know Paul Garza here, was the same here in helping us start this church. And God just ordained that we met. So we met, and at that time, him and his wife were praying heavily that they could be involved in some kind of ministry, that they could help us, they could help out. They were looking, and they loved kids as well as you can see to this day. So we began to start the ministry, and you know that we uh, went out to the streets and began to work, and so he just really jumped in and was just became my right-hand man and stood right by my side and uh, began to work with us. And so, like I always have, I made a time in the morning to have prayer. And so as we began the ministry, and uh, the picture you saw this morning were some offices that we had. We were able to get offices, and we had a place we could work out of. And uh, we would meet up at that office and every morning and we would pray. You know how important prayer is. And we would just get on our knees and we would pray. We wouldn't hold hands or sing kumbaya or anything like that. Amen. We just sought God. And we just got in our own place and began to pray. And after a while, he, he began to ask me. One day, as a matter of fact, he stopped me after prayer. And he said, and this, he was about 50 when we met. So he was old enough to be my father. And it was always an interesting dynamic that he was so much older than me, but that he was under me in the ministry. And I uh, always was hard for, that was hard. If you, it's hard when you're, you know, sometimes I have a hard time telling Paul Platt what to do as the head usher when he's old enough to be telling me what to do. How many understand what I'm saying? But he was old, old enough to be my dad, and he was under me in the ministry. He was serving with me. And he asked me one day, he said, I listened to you pray. Oh, one other thing. He had been saved for 28 years. So he wasn't young in the Lord. 28 years he'd been saved. And he said, I listened to you pray, and there's something that you have that I don't have. He said, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I listen to you. you. We pray, and I pray. And, and he just, I says, I don't know. He says, what is it that you do different? What is it that you have? And I want to show you in Joel chapter 2 what I had that he didn't have. Joel chapter 2, sorry, Acts chapter 2. It's also Joel chapter 2, though. Acts chapter 2, verse um, 14. The disciples had just come out of the upper room. He's preaching. Now, this is a different Peter than the Peter we know that was denying Jesus. Amen? And he says in verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea, 
and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose since it's only the third day of the hour of the day. But watch this, he says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on a few chosen people. It's not what yours says. Okay. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. All the way back in the book of Joel, this is Joel chapter 2, that's why I said Joel, that was prophesied. This is one of those messages that has to be preached every few months so that anybody new in the church that is wondering, how do I pray, can know how to pray. Okay? And so I told him that day, it's not because I pray better, or it's not because I know more, I definitely didn't know more, he'd been saved for 28 years. I said, what you don't have is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't have the fullness of God. And so when I told him that, he immediately kind of stood back like, oh, that's the answer. He wasn't immediately receptive that that was the answer. Isn't it funny how someone will ask you what you have, and then when you tell them, they don't exactly want what you have? He, He asked, I said... And it wasn't an immediate, oh, okay, that sounds like something I need. But the days went on and maybe the weeks went on. And and again, he came back and he said, okay, tell me about this. And the reason he said that is because he'd been raised in a church that for 28 years had preached against being filled with the Holy Spirit. 28 years. And not only did they not believe in it, but they preached against it. So they heard so much negative about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having a prayer language and praying in the Spirit that they got to a, he got to a place where he just accepted that. And, but then he began to see the fruit in my life and said, there's, there's got to be something to this. So he said, teach me. So, so one day I sat down with him and I began to take him through some of the scriptures I'm going to take you through right now. And I began to show him in the Bible that it is for today. It is for now. And it is for every believer who wants it. Can you say amen? Everybody can have this. And it's God's will that everybody does. Everybody needs it. Now it's not going to keep you from getting to heaven, but it's going to make it a lot easier to get there. Amen. And so I began to show him the scriptures and a couple weeks went on and I just said, go home. You know, I prayed for him at that time. I said, go home, and whenever you're alone, just pray and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just baptize me in your Holy Spirit so I can pray in tongues, so I can have my own prayer language, so I can know that you have filled me. And a few weeks went on, and I remember nothing was happening, and I, re- you know, I realized I can't give it to him. Right. You know? And one day he called me, and he said, he said, Blake, I'm in my truck, and I dropped my son off for piano lessons, and I'm just sitting here in my truck waiting for him to get out. And I just lifted my hands and I just said, Holy Spirit. And before I could get Holy Spirit out, I began to speak in tongues. And I was baptizing the Holy Spirit right there in my car. And to, to this day, he's still praising the Spirit and is baptizing the Holy Spirit. And then after that, his wife said, Oh, 
I, I see a difference in my husband. You know, it makes a difference. It really does. And so don't go to it for time. But in Acts 28, sorry, Isaiah 28, it says, I will speak to my people through stammering lips. I will prophesy to my people. God chose tongues, okay, for tongues and interpretation, for example, to speak to us. And he chose tongues for us to speak to him. And this is something that we have to kind of talk about tonight. And some of you that have been in our church for a while have heard this. But how many know if you've ever heard this message, it'll hit you in a different angle today. So, so I know you're not turning me off, but we know that we want, it's like, it's like if we knew of a great, amazing, life-changing product, we'd all be like, man, I hope they buy it. Man, I hope that, you know, I hope they get it because this is going to change their life. Amen. So how many tonight know, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I'm not going to try to put anybody else that doesn't have it. But how many know tonight and can say in your spirit, I, I just know that this is real. Okay. This is that. This is that that the Joel, prophet Joel prophesied about. And so then later on in our church, we started the, the church and people began to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And another lady in our church, the same thing happened. Her name was Marielos. She had been in a church for like 30 years and same thing, raised against it. And she began to listen to the teaching and began to listen to the Bible and began to pray for it. She got baptized one night laying in bed in the middle of the night. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it is something that is different and distinct, totally separate from the salvation that you receive in Jesus Christ. Okay, it is not the same act. Some people will say, well, don't we get the Holy Spirit when we get saved? Yes, the Holy Spirit comes up in you, dwells within you. But this is something the Bible says comes upon you. Okay, it's a totally different thing. So if you're here tonight and you say, I don't know if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I am. Well, I'm going to show you in the scriptures that I believe through scriptures that the way you know you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you have a prayer language. That you speak in tongues. Okay, and I, I want to just say this real quick before we read a few verses. Let's go to, uh, quickly to Matthew 20. If you just get your Bibles ready, I'm going to go through this real quick. I'm going I'm to run through it. Take notes if you've never heard this before. I want to remind you that Jesus' words are the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no way possible that Jesus gave this to them and didn't give it to us. There's no way possible that there was anything that the apostles needed at that time that we don't need today. There's no way possible that there were things that he did for them that he won't do for us. Amen. Amen. That's why that verse says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So my goal tonight is that every single one of you here tonight that has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit would be baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight. Would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that we would be a church that is full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that we would realize how powerful this. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Watch this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we see here Jesus saying, I'm going to teach you my disciples, and I want you to take what I teach you, and I want you to teach it to others, right? That's the Great Commission. So Jesus, in no, in no place in the Bible, says, hey, here's what I want you guys to do, but I want to make sure that when you do it, then you tell the people behind you that it's not for them. That's not what he says. He says, teach them. Go and teach. Go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is baptism in water. Okay? And so he begins to tell them that. Now go over to Mark chapter 16 and look what the other uh, great commission is. 
Mark 16. There's something he says will happen when we begin to do this. And this is kind of going in hand in hand with what I said this morning, that we have a church today in the world that is not exercising or walking in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit that we need. We need to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. But what has happened is, is because it's not popular, because it's kind of weird, people think, because it's kind of strange, or because, again, people have made it weird, then people say, well, I don't want that, or that's not popular, or if we talk about the Holy Spirit, people won't come. And that's, again, we have a seeker-sensitive church age that's trying to appeal to the people instead of doing what God said to do. Okay? How many know that the church of the book of Acts would not have appealed to this generation? Amen? And so he says in Mark 16, look at this. He says, again, the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world. He says the same thing he did in Matthew 28, 19. And preach the gospel to how many creatures? Every creature, every person. And it says, here's the thing that happens. He who believes and is baptized, that's water, will be saved... But he who does not believe will be condemned. And watch this. These signs will follow those who believe. Now, where does it say there? These signs will follow the apostles of the book of Acts. Right, right. It says these signs will follow those who believe, meaning all believers until the end of the age. Amen. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. In 17, watch it again. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will speak with new tongues. That means that is a language that is not yours. That is a language that is not Spanish or English, or French, or Portuguese, or German, or Italian. It is God's language. It is a language that God gives us so that we can talk to Him, and He can understand us, and we can know that nobody else understands what we're saying. Not even us. Our spirit prays for us. Amen? And so now we're going to go into the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Chapter 24. I'm showing you Jesus' last words. As you're getting there, I'll give you another testimony. Pastor Patterson talked about this at a conference. When we went and preached for him, which I don't remember when it was. When was that? When did we go to January? August? Oh, yeah, way back. Back in August, I was way off. We went and preached for him and did a revival like we have revivals here. And one Saturday night, the Lord led me to preach on this. And you never know who knows what in the service, in the church. And, and you just, I just preached it. And I said, who's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit after I gave all these teachings? Came up about, I don't know, 10 or 15 people. What do you think? 10, 10 or 15. That's, that's just an approximate number. And I began to pray. And we began to pray for these people. And I believe, short of one or two maybe, Every single one of them got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And these are people that had never been baptized in the Holy Spirit before. And Pastor Patterson told me later, actually the guy testified that night, that one of them had been saved for like 30 years, and he'd been in his church for like 9 years, 
as a leader. He loved God. He served God. He was praying. He couldn't get it. And that night he got it for the first time in like nine years of praying for it. So it's not, it's not me. It's the verses we're reading. Amen. And showing you that these and getting you to think that this is God's will for every believer. Okay. So as we're looking at these scriptures, we're listening to the words of Jesus. And Jesus, how many know if we're going to do, fulfill the great commission that Jesus said, we have to do it like Jesus said, not like we would do it. And so today it seems like we've got a church that's kind of walking on two or three legs. We're not walking on all four legs or all, you know, four legs. I guess we're two, two legged people. Okay. We're walking on one. I was going with the animal. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? We're not walking correctly. Okay. We're walking, uh, as we'd say in Spanish, renco. We're having a problem, amen? We're not walking correctly. And the church is not walking in its full power. So look what Jesus said in Luke 24. Last words of Matthew, last words of Mark, last words of Luke. He says now to his disciples, you are witnesses of these things. And he says, behold, I send you the promise of my Father, And watch these words. If you're in your Bible and you're taking notes, I want you to notice this first word we're going to say a couple times here. He says, I'm going to send the promise upon you. Okay, upon you. And he says, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay, you all with me? Tarry in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. Now, this is really important to understand going forward in this next few minutes. Jesus is telling his disciples to do this. Okay, he's not talking to new converts. He's not talking to someone who's never heard the gospel. He's talking to his disciples who have walked with him for three years. And now he's telling them they've already believed. Some of them have denied him and come back. But they're all there gathered together and he's telling them now, I want you now to go do something else. I want you to go and wait because I must leave, Jesus says. The third person of the Trinity must come, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to come down and he's going to come upon you. Okay? And that word is very important because you're going to see it over and over in the book of Acts. And so he says, go and wait. And here's a great example that I must show you that shows today. I like to say, well, why, why today do we have so many churches and believers and people who look down upon or don't preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You might have heard the word Pentecostal. Someone says, oh, those Pentecostals. They're, and, and Pentecostals, that word is looked down upon because people uh, relate Pentecostal with people jumping up on the fan and swinging around on it and doing cartwheels and barking like dogs and doing all kinds of crazy things like a circus and that's not what Pentecost is. The word Pentecostal comes from the day of Pentecost when the power of the Holy Spirit fell. I'm Pentecostal because I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit and I believe what happened on the day of Pentecost. Okay? So there's been a just like everything else there's been bad teaching or there's been bad examples like we talked about this morning and so we have to get past that in your thinking for you to be able to receive what God has for you and you know what it's nothing new because in the Bible Jesus had 12 disciples he appeared the Bible says to over over 500 people okay how many know that's in the scripture he appeared to over 500 people 
but only 120 went into the upper room. It's a great example of today. 500 knew about the Holy Spirit. 120 wanted it. Today, the, the Holy Spirit is available for every believer. It's there. He wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit, but he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. If you don't want him, he won't come. The Bible says you can actually quench the Holy Spirit. So he's not going to just come down. Some people say, well, if the Holy Spirit wants to fill me, he needs to just take my tongue and begin to move. He needs to open up my mouth. He needs to just overcome me. No, he's not going to do that because he's a gentleman. He comes and dwells where he wants, where he wants to be dwelled in. He's looking for willing vessels. And Jesus said to all those people he appeared to, he didn't say the number, he had to have said to everybody he appeared to, hey, go and wait. Go into the upper room, go to Jerusalem and wait and tarry there and wait for the promise to come. And, and we know historically that they were praying for about 10 days. Now there's another reason some might have faded away. Amen? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But those that don't, don't get it. And so who knows if 300 showed up, but 120 were there that day when the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell. And the Bible says we're going to see what happens there. So go to, go to Acts chapter 1 real quick. We've seen three times Jesus talk about the Great Commission. We've seen him twice in, Ma- in Mark and Luke talk about the Holy Spirit and the promise that we need. Now, if you're here right now and you've already kind of tuned me out or you're like, oh, here we go again or whatever. Hey, Keep on keeping on. I'm just going to tell you that you need what I'm talking about. You need it. I'm tell, if, if I, could not, I don't think I could make it without the Holy Spirit. I mean, the baptism, the, 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 the prayer language, the, the Spirit indwelling in me and moving in me. I don't think I could make it. There's been some dark times that the Holy Spirit has carried me through. Can you say amen? So you don't have to have it. I tell people, some people say, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you get to speak in tongues. Amen. Do I have to tithe? No, you get to tithe. Do I have to come to church? No, you get to come to church. Do I have to clean the bathrooms? No, you get. I don't know why I'm going to the bathrooms for. Do I have to do? No, you get to do. Amen. It's a privilege to serve God. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. So what, guess what? They listened. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to what? Wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For, watch this. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Listen to that. John baptized with water. Separate thing. But you shall be baptized with fire you shall be baptized with the holy spirit okay therefore when they'd come together they asked saying lord will you restore the kingdom to israel he says not for you to know the times and he says but the reason i'm doing this verse 8 is he says because you shall receive power when the holy spirit has what come upon you And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. So if you're asking, why do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the many reasons is that you would be a witness. And if Jesus says, I need it, I need it. 
Who am I to say, well, I don't think I need that. So you're greater than Jesus then. And Jesus is saying, go and wait for the promise. He's not doing it because it sounds good. He's doing it because he knew they needed it. And remember, again, he's talking to his disciples. Can you imagine being those ladies and men who follow Jesus around? Seeing those miracles with their own eyes? Seeing Lazarus come out of the grave? Seeing Jesus spit in mud, touch someone's eye, and eyesight come back? Seeing him pray for paralytics and them getting up off a mat after 40 years and walking? Can you imagine seeing all those miracles and thinking, I need something else? (laughs) Yet they did. Jesus said, that's not not enough because I've been with you. I've been by your side, but now I'm going to go away so that the full prophecy of the Bible, so the fullness of God can come down, so the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, can take over. And that's where we live today. None of us see Jesus physically, but God the Holy Spirit is here right now. God the Holy Spirit is moving upon the earth. God the Holy Spirit is moving upon our hearts. And He's here to fill us today. He's here to speak through us today. He's here to make us witnesses of Him tonight. And so He says, you will receive this power and you shall be filled when the Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses. And that's why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we know in Acts chapter 2, quickly going through this, the day of Pentecost came. And they began to junk from chandelier to chandelier. And they began to do cartwheels. And people began to come in and do things out of order in the service. And people began to just prophesy over people they didn't know. Sorry, that's just things I've seen. When it had come, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire watch this and one sat upon each of them and they were how many how many all filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? All of them. Just like Joel said. What is this that you have? This is that. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what Joel prophesied would happen. This is, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. Even though we didn't know it. And now Jesus, our Lord, has told us to wait for this. He is no longer here. And we're going to wait. Yet Jesus said, this is so important that I need you to wait. And he's telling the same disciples who walked with him that they needed it. So it's interesting that the people today think, I don't need the Holy Spirit, yet Peter did. So Peter needed him. I don't. Come on, think about it, how ridiculous that sounds. John and James and Mary, they all needed the Holy Spirit, but I don't need it. Yes, we do. And what you see is a humongous difference between Peter, just one example, who denied Jesus three times, and the Peter who stands up and preaches boldness on that Acts chapter 2 day of Pentecost when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the key, though. Look at 4 again. They were all filled, meaning it's for everybody. 
And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What this shows us in the Bible is that tongues is the evidence that I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's very important. How do I know? Some, I've heard people say, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I say, do you speak in tongues? No. How do you know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, the Spirit of God came in when I got saved. No, that, the Bible says this is a distinct thing. This is separate from your conversion experience. This is separate from your baptism in water experience. This is separate from that. This is something that Jesus said we all needed so that we would be filled with his power and we would be the witnesses that he's called us to be. Can you say amen? amen. Now read on and show you a few more verses tonight. So he, so he gets baptized. They all get baptized. The Bible says 120 were there. They all go out of the upper room and, and the people are like, these people are drunk. They are acting crazy. They're speaking in other tongues. They're probably super happy. They're, I mean, what's wrong with these people? They must be drunk. They were so, so crazy. So things were so wild that they thought they were drunk. Peter said, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We are not drunk. Not with wine, at least. But we're drunk with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he preaches boldly. And then watch what he says. Well, later on in the 30s, the verses of the 30s, people's hearts begin to get pricked. How many want to be soul winners here? How many want to see people get saved? The way you get people saved is the Spirit of God comes out of you and draws those people to want what you have. Okay? Peter was preaching, and the Holy Spirit through him pricked those people. And they said, you've got something we don't have. And they said, what do we need? They said these words, what do we need to do to be saved? Amen? Right before I read this, about three or four weeks ago, He's not here and he wouldn't mind me saying this. It's another testimony. Y'all know Brian, my friend Brian. He's really growing in the Lord. He was raised staunch Episcopalian. I don't exactly know what staunch means, but that's what he says. Okay, I guess strict, serious, I don't know. And so he was raised with a head knowledge of God. And he really, really believed in God. And, and, but he never had a relationship. And so God brought him in. Thank God he got saved here, gave his life to Jesus, really began to make decisions, really began to put God first, really began to say, God, I really want to know everything about you. He comes to all the discipleships. We spend a lot of time talking about the Lord. And one Friday morning, we have an early discipleship on Friday mornings. One Friday morning, uh, we usually have seven or eight guys. That morning, only me and Dylan and Brian showed up. It was just three of us. We got done praying. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, talk to Brian about me. Holy Spirit said, talk to Brian about me. And so I had a plan. I had something I was going to talk about. And I said, Brian, Dylan's here. He's going to help me. I'm going to show you. I had no idea anything Brian was thinking. I said, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I took him through some of these verses. And he told me, I've, I've been searching. I've been praying. I, 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 I've heard you talk about it, but I haven't really sought it. And so we took him through it. Didn't, we prayed this that morning and said, Lord, you know, do your thing. And it was just, just a few days later, he called me and said, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues. And now you might have heard him in the prayer room. He is a very kind of timid guy. 
But now it just gives me so much joy to walk in that prayer room and hear him praying out loud, hear him in the prayer room in the morning and break in, in discipleship, praying out loud, and I can hear that tongue that he's praying in, and I know it's not English, and I know it's not his Nigerian language. I know it's the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's real, church. It's real. It's, this is real. This is not something you can make up. It's real. Can somebody say it's real? Yeah. Amen. So let's move on. Acts 2, Acts 2.38. They asked, Peter, what do we got to do? Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's water baptism. Okay, y'all with me? Y'all looking at me weird. You looking at the Bible? Okay, watch this. This is important. What do we got to do, Peter, to be saved? You got to repent. You got to be baptized. Then he says, get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Watch this. And he says, and you shall receive. And you shall receive. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Distinct, separate from the other thing. Okay? And he says, watch this. Now here's what, below. I don't understand what Bible people are reading. I really don't. Have you ever heard people talk about doctrine and go, where in the world are they getting these things from? Where in the world does the Bible say that the speaking in tongues is not for today? Show me a verse. Yet it says right here in this book, right here, verse 39, for the promise, what promise? Holy Spirit is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That sounds like everybody. You and your children and all who are afar off, as many as believe. Okay, now go with me to the book of chapter 8 real quick. I'm going to show you just a couple more verses. And we're going to pray. Acts chapter 8. As you're getting there, I asked this man, Guillermo, I said, what did they teach you? I wanted to know what, what, what verses were they using to tell you that this was not for today? And he said there was one verse they always use. And some of you might have been raised in this. And you might, have, might know the verses. You might know the things I'm talking about. I didn't. And he says, and you don't have to go there for time, but 1 Corinthians 13, first of all, is the love chapter. Okay, it talks about love. But it says in there, in one verse, it says, tongues shall cease, prophecies shall cease. And he says, that's what they used. Tongues shall cease. First of all, that chapter has nothing to do with what it's talking. It's a love chapter. But he's basically saying, and it starts off, if I speak in, 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 in tongues, it's like clinging uh, symbols. And he's basically saying that it doesn't matter how much gifts you have and how much fullness of the Holy Spirit you have if you don't do it in love. Right. And that whole chapter is talking about love. And they take one verse, I said that this morning, and make a doctrine out of it. Yet they omit this, Acts 2.38 and 39, that says it's for everybody. So be careful, as we talked about this morning, what you're believing and what you're standing upon. Amen? Get all the scriptures together. See it quickly in Acts 8. The Bible talks about um, the house of... Let me get right here. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them 
that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's important to get the Holy Spirit if as soon as they get there, the first thing they do is pray for them to get the Holy Spirit? The first thing they do, he says, we're going to pray that you get the Holy Spirit. And watch this. Look at the Bible. It says, for as yet, he had fallen, who's he? The Holy Spirit, upon none of them. Okay, for as yet. So how many see that the gospel's being preached? It's just like Matthew 28. He says, go, 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 go. The, bath- the, the, the gospel's being preached. It's expanding. It's going. It's reaching. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit was a little bit behind the salvation of Jesus. And you get there and they say, hey, we're going to pray for you for the Holy Spirit because we see you ain't got it yet and you need it. Okay? And so they pray for him. Lay their hands on him, verse 17. And what happened? What happened when they laid their hands on him in verse 17? They received the Holy Spirit. Okay, they got it. Go to, go to chapter 10. We see Saul in chapter 9 get converted. Chapter 10, we see the house of Cornelius. I'm going to show you two more chapters this tonight, quickly. Verse 34, we see that God shows no partiality. That means if the Holy Spirit is for me, it's for you, it's for everybody, it's for every person. God does not look down on any person and say, this, is, this one's better than this one. This one can have this one, this one can't. God has everything he has is for everybody. Okay? No partiality, 34 says. He says, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Verse 43 says, they, they, uh, be, whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sins. He's preaching to them. He's preaching to the house of Cornelius, who is actually a very powerful man. Look at verse 44 in chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon who? All those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, the Jews, and said, as, as many came with Peter, because the, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And that's the place where you say amen. And I say amen, because we're Gentiles, praise God. Amen. It wasn't just for them. So here we go again. It wasn't just for the Jewish people. Oh, it died with the apostles. No, it didn't. That's not what this Bible says right here. It says they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And look at 46. How did they know that the baptism had been poured out on them? How did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then watch this. This is this one verse I love because God all messes up our little order of events. Well, you need to get baptized in water. Before you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thus says the Lord. That's not what I see right here. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter says, can anybody forbid these people that they should be baptized? Not only in the Holy Spirit, but baptized in water? There's not, there, there, there's, God's not trying to, to do ABC. He just wants your heart. Amen. 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 Let me show you one more. Go to chapter 19. This is my favorite one. Acts chapter 19. Say amen when you get there. I'll go ahead and get you ready for the closing here. 
This is the greatest evidence that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us today. It's been neat even in the six years we've been a church to see many of you listen to this teaching over the years and get filled with the Holy Spirit at different times. See people come up to the altar and pray many times and not get it and pray and not get it and then finally get it. No, man, this is really real. It's been neat. So finally, on this message tonight about this is that, which the Holy Spirit spoke about. Now we're in Ephesus. Now watch this. This is important. How many know how long it would take or could guess how long it would take to walk from here to Colorado Springs? It would take a while to walk, right? Colorado Springs is about 650 miles from here. We go there twice a year at least. This year we'll be there three or four times because judgment and camp and conferences and weddings and all kinds of different things. We did a wedding back in August when we did Pastor Pat. So we're going there a lot. We know the distance, 600 miles. Ephesus was 600 miles from where the gospel started. So how many know it takes time to go 600 miles when you don't have a car? Okay, so this isn't like 12 miles or 5 miles. This is a great distance. Meaning time has elapsed. Okay, the, the, there was many years that were going on while, these, while the Gospels were being written. So now we're in Ephesus. Watch this, verse 1 of chapter 19. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And look at this, underline this in your Bible, or underline it in your notes. And finding some disciples. What's a disciple? Somebody who's following Christ. Okay? So they're 600 miles away, and they run into some believers. Some people who, who confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Son of the living God. He died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the dead. And, of course, they had the recentness of knowing that had just happened. Can you imagine how powerful that was? Here we are today, as excited as they were 2,000 years later. How many believe it just as much as if it had happened last week that Jesus rose from the dead? Amen. I believe it tonight like it just happened. It's real. Amen. And he says he found some disciples. So this wasn't people who just heard of Jesus. To be called a disciple, they were walking with the Lord. Okay. And so Paul gets to them and watch this. He, he doesn't even say, hey, how y'all doing? How's it been going? How's the work here? What's going on? The first words he says is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Y'all with me? Amen. Hey, y'all believers? Y'all been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yet it's not preached today. Paul, the first thing he asked was, are y'all baptized in the Holy Ghost? Now he probably didn't say y'all. But he asked, the rest was the same. Amen? Today in Texas, we would say, y'all been baptized in the Holy Ghost? And they would say exactly what they said back then. So, verse 2, we have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. See? He asks them right off the bat. There's such an importance to this question that he doesn't do any short talk. Have you got it? What? This is that. What? That which was prophesied by Joel. Have you got it? I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't heard of it. 
So they don't know. No, they haven't been baptized in it. They don't know about it. How many people today, how many people today in churches have been saved and believe in Jesus Christ, but their pastors and their churches aren't preaching the Holy Spirit, and they have no idea what they're missing out on because they haven't heard of it. No one's preached it. No one said, have you got it? Have you received it? How can you receive something you've never heard of? Romans says that about the gospel. How will they believe in who they've not heard? So he says, I've never even heard of it. Watch this, verse 3. And he said, into then what were you baptized? I love this part. Into then what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. What's John's baptism? Water. We've been water baptized. That's all we know. Then Paul said, watch this. See if it sounds familiar. John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. Watch this. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Amen. Amen. Musicians, you can come. 600 miles away, they had not received that the Holy Spirit was real. And Paul said, do you got it? We don't even know what it is. He said, well, get it. Take it. He prayed for them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and the reason they knew was the physical evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't know if I've got it. Well, I'm showing you through the scriptures how you know. And I close with this thought and many of you have heard it, many of you haven't. When you first get saved and you hear about speaking in tongues, it sounds weird. Just being real. It sounds weird, speaking in tongues. What are you talking about? Yet we all speak every day in a language that we understand. Why is it so hard to think that God would give us a language to talk to Him in? That's from Him. That can't be taught. It's caught. It's not taught. It's caught. It's not something intellectual. It's something spiritual. It's something that comes upon us, the Bible says. There is a a, a manifestation of the Spirit of God, obviously, that comes in us when we accept Jesus. But in these scriptures, I have showed you clearly, not one, not two, not three, many verses where it says that the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate event separate from the baptism of water and it's for every believer it's for you it's for your children it's for all who are afar off I spoke Spanish this morning at the, at, the, at the prayer many of you didn't understand what I was saying was I speaking gibberish? no I was speaking a language I've had Dylan stand up and speak Swahili I've had someone else speak French I've had people speak different languages and we go man that sounds weird it sounds weird because we don't understand it, but it's a language. So it's really not that weird that we would have a prayer language that, thank God, nobody else understands except God. Man, I'm telling you, it's such a powerful thing to get to a place in your walk with God where you don't know what to say. 
and you just begin to pray in the Spirit. Oh, and a peace comes on you, a joy comes on you, a breakthrough comes on you because you know, God, my, my strength has ended and your strength has taken over. My power has ended and your power has taken over. And so if you haven't experienced it, tonight's your night. Today's your day to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen.